That's better than Leonard Cohen. Well, for my money, yes. Leonard Cohen's eternal. You don't even know what's good. It's like it's all a mystery <laughs> that's to you. Garbage. That's garbage. That's garbage. I used to. I used to have a heroin dealer. Well, what the fuck, dude? Introduce the show. You're so angry. You introduced the show. Hello, welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. I'm Chris. Hi, Chris. And what's your name? My name is Dave. All right. Um, very special episode coming up, guys. Why? So we got an amazing caller. Tell me about the caller. Uh, she's a comedian. Mm-hmm. Her name is uh, Jessa. Uh, Jessa Stone. Jessa Stone. Is that her name? Um, her name is Jessa Reed. Yeah. Anyway, she's got a wild story. I listened to some things she was on Comedy Cellar that she sent us. Really, really crazy. Great. When are we going to have her on? I don't know. Pay attention. Stop using your laptop. I'm really paying attention. Okay. Should we do a quick voicemail or should we just call her? I got a real short, funny voicemail. You want to do that one? I guess. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, it's a real, real quick one. What's up with you, man? What do you mean? How's school? I'm turning and burning, ready to go. School's good. I told you I got a talking to at school. What happened? So, we got to do these, uh, I think, all the... A lit review, right? Like literature? Yeah, and so you read basically these all these articles and summarize them, and it's like pretty dry stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so I forget, it was like 12 pages or something, and you had to cite like nine sources. So it's a lot of work, and like I can like crank papers if there's personal narrative, if I'm writing opinion and conjecture. If you write about yourself. If I write about myself or, you know. Drugs. Stuff. <laughs> if you write about you or drugs, yeah, you're on the money. Basically. So I wrote like nine pages of like personal opinions about like the treatment world. And then I like summarize articles for like two pages. And my professor was like, uh, we need to meet after class. She's like, I don't know. She's like, if you don't know what a literature review is or if you were just uh, basically adding narrative because it's much easier to write. I bet you for a lot of people it's not easier to write narrative. It just No, for but for me it is. I mean, I wrote an uh, eight-page paper last night in maybe an hour and a half. Can I just tell you that it surprises me that you have opinions at all about anything? I, I, of course, I mean, I fucking spent a decade of my life shuffling around treatment centers, which falls under the umbrella of psychology and psychiatry. And that's what I'm in school for. I know. But so obviously I have some fucking stuff to talk about. You have the least amount of opinions out of anybody I've ever met. What do you mean? The last episode I was just offering all my opinions on the treatment world and what, what, prescri- what, like, prescribing practices. What, what are you t- no, you didn't. I, didn't I say treatment centers that cater to higher SES? That wasn't an were- opinion. That was fact. You were telling me what treatment centers no, do. I, you weren't I, telling said, me your, offered, your opinion. And then I offered my opinion. And I said, I think okay, well, the correlation what was because you? people who have a lot of money are used to getting what they want. So that we, is not an opinion. You're talking about a correlation. Opinion. Anything that comes after I think you, is that's not an opinion. That's, what's your opinion about the last Star Wars movie? It was all right. Yeah, exactly. You don't have an opinion. What, what's your opinion about, yeah, it was all right. about no, the tacos downstairs? Tacos Bandito is great. Chicken oh, there we go. There's, there's, here we go. There's some opinions. Amazing. Okay, what is your... My opinion about your sobriety? Fragile. Fragile? <laughs> yeah, that's, fragile. Not a, that's not an accurate opinion. You think my sobriety is fragile? I do. Why? Because of the NyQuil? Yeah. That's bullshit. Fucking bedwetter. Listen, that's not nice. That's neither <laughs> kind nor accurate. Now, I never should have told you that story. Yeah. Now, you've never that never happened to you? Pissed the bed since I was a child? No. 
Even drunk? Mm-mm. I've had, uh, I had a woman piss the bed with me. I didn't even care. She was so upset. She bought me a bottle of vodka and bought me new sheets and made my bed. And I literally was like, whatever. What's the most Dude, embarrassing fucking, thing you've ever fucking, done? I woke up and she, I was wet and she was pissing the bed. This was in college. It was a long, like college first time around. And so I wake up and she's pissing the bed. And I, I thought it was funny. I was like laughing. I didn't even care. It was warm. It felt kind of nice. And so then I wake up. I'm like, Allie, you're pissing the bed. And she's like all fucking shit-faced. And she gets out of bed. <laughs> she goes over. You know those little white mini fridges, the cubes? Uh-huh. She opens the door to the mini fridge and then squats down and tries to start peeing inside the mini fridge. I wonder what that's about. It's like kind of porcelain-y looking, I guess. I can see how there could be. There's got to be another correlation. <laughs> I've never pissed the bed since I was a kid until the other day. It's hilarious. It's not. Dude, it, it's fucking great. Imagine if it's a regular thing now. You know, it's, it's probably like rolling your ankle. You know, once you do it once. It's, it's retarded. More likely to happen again. I don't think it's going to happen again. But the most amazing thing about that experience was, was okay, in the dream I start pissing. Yeah. Then I wake up. Yeah. And I'm pissing. Yeah. And then I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, I'm pissing the bed. And I jump up and I stop pissing. You, did you stop pissing before you jumped up? Yeah. And then I ran to the bathroom and I start pissing a ton. Yeah. But it was amazing that I could stop so completely midstream. You want to hear something pretty cool? No. What are you, why don't you comment on my story? I'm commenting on What's your, your opinion? <laughs> my opinion is that you're just a child. You're a man child. Continue. Uh, Native Americans, when they were going to do battle with other tribes, they would chug tons of water before they went to bed. All of them. Why? So they'd have to wake up and piss a lot. I think that's what happened to me. But I don't think it, I don't think it was water. I think it was cereal and milk. Yeah, you, are you getting why they did it though? So they would be like, people would be like alert and stuff, and like they wouldn't like they would be they would know if people were coming. I'm sure they pissed a lot of their fucking bison furs, yeah. you know? Um, what? I'm sure they slept on bison uh, fur, and I'm sure that when they drink well, a lot they of water... they their bison, I get it. Yes. I don't think you have a lot of opinions, and I well, don't appreciate dude, this. This is a, a great fucking segue into the collar. Oh, yeah. this collar drank piss. Intentionally. Ready? I didn't do Did any homework on this woman. Did you? I listened to her 15... Did, did you know anything? What's, we don't know anything about her. Yeah, she's... Uh, we'll have her tell it. No, 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 but... I, no, should, let me it's Colin. It's Colin. All right. What is it, Jessica? Hello? Hey, Jessa, what's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Does it sound okay? It sounds great. Crystal clear. Excellent. So I'm Chris, and I'm sitting here with Dave. Hey, Jessa, how you doing? Good. Dave's hunched over his laptop, Googling your name, trying to find something to say to look like he knows. Tell us about <laughs> yourself, please. <laughs> um, I, I've been doing stand-up. Well, I started doing stand-up in the, the late 90s. Okay. And uh, I was 21 years old. It was out on the road. was getting uh, drunk every night. And... Uh, kept getting like uh, sobriety checks in the morning from what? still being drunk from the night before. What do you mean sobriety checks in the morning? Like I kept getting pulled over by cops for swerving because I was still hammered from the night before. Oh, holy shit. Okay, yeah. And um, Or like severely hungover. And these were like a string of one-nighters. And I... Um, uh, someone had said, like, if you just do, like, a little bump of Coke before you go to bed, you won't have a hangover. And by 21, I'd already finished my Coke phase. So I was like, okay, I have I have control over this. And so I was in uh, Butte, Montana, and asked them for a line of white yeah. after the show. And uh, then I became a meth addict. <laughs> yeah. Jessa, and, uh, Jessa are, you yeah. Cl- are you clean? Yes. Have you ever pissed the bed in sobriety? Um, no. I mean, I've had a lot of kids, <laughs> and I'm 41, so I mean, like, not probably by your definition. I I have I have a daughter, and I have another one coming, and I pissed the bed this week in sobriety. Yeah, and I'm very embarrassed. <laughs> 
He's blaming it on the NyQuil. I he took NyQuil, sick. I got sick, and I drank NyQuil and took a Benadryl, and I, I pissed the bed. Hmm. And I'm very embarrassed, and I was hoping that, that maybe something like that had happened to you also. But no. Oh, yeah, no. No. Are you, like, more embarrassed now that you didn't get any kind of, like, confirmation? or? Yeah, this is going badly for me. And Chris yeah. is looking at I me with this. you're not supposed to take Benadryl and NyQuil together. Because there's, well, there's Benadryl in NyQuil, so he's just double-dosing yeah. the Benadryl. <laughs> yeah, so it could have been that you were double-fisted. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the... So, well, but anyways, he, Dave brings this up because he was saying this story real quickly before we called you, and I was like, it's a great segue into uh, how I started talking to you because you have electively drank piss. And I just want to... I want you to tell the story, but I just want to add that I actually spent a lot of time researching it because I feel like I've heard just about everything, and I'd never heard that, and it is an actual thing that people do. It is a thing. I do want to point out that when I did it, it was not, I could find one article that <laughs> led me to believe that someone else had figured it out by that point, because this would have been like 2004. You were the pioneer in uh, meth, meth piss drinking. <laughs> I was. I pioneered, I, like, I just wanted everyone to know that I did not get that idea f- from anyone else. That was my own, well, I figured that out. Tell us we everything. Will give, we will give you credit. <laughs> Uh, they did, they did, I'm getting a lot of credit for it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's, I don't know how much of the story I'm supposed, I'm not supposed to record it again, but the, the gist is, uh, about five years into my meth addiction, I read an article that said, it was like Life or Time magazine or something, and they were talking about the reason that people, the meth epidemic was a big deal at the time, and the reason that it was so much more addictive than Coke was because it lasts longer than Coke. And the science that they explained that with was that your body breaks Coke down. You metabolize it real fast. And that's why you jones and it, you're, you're only high for a few minutes. And with meth, you're, it goes unchanged through your body, which I heard as uh, I'm peeing out a bunch of meth. <laughs> where did you a, hear it? That's a fair assumption. But where did you hear it? The connection. This was in like a like a like an article in like Time magazine or something. Oh my. <laughs> so you read so the I, article and you're smoking meth or you're shooting meth? I mean, at this point I was shooting meth in my neck. Okay. Oh my there you Someone go. Someone else is doing it for me. And so I uh, originally, and this gets cut out of the, the Comedy Central story, but I originally started the world's grossest meth lab trying to figure out how to turn piss back into meth. Oh, that's amazing. Right, but like I like, <laughs> dropped out of ninth grade, so I'm just like, uh, I tried doing all the things, I tried like titrating it or like putting it in the pressure cooker or doing things that you do with like ephedrine or whatever in the creation of actual meth. I would have like, my, my natural assumption would have been that you could just boil it and maybe all the water goes away and you're just left with some meth crystals. Some desalinization. I, I of- did boil it. I boiled it. I put acetone in it. I put ammonia in it, which just made, like, grosser piss. Um, I put bleach in it, which exploded. <laughs> oh, my. And this, this is, this is your, amazing. This is your piss or a, a bunch of tweakers' this is, piss? At this point, I only drank my own piss because I'm oh. not disgusting. But I was collecting <laughs> buckets of, like, universal tweaker piss for this... Um, for this, and I was living in an RV, which is so cliche, uh, is where I was doing all of. Uh, where? So wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. So you say to these tweakers, you're like, hey, let me get your piss. I think I can get meth from it. And they're just like, sure. Or they like, I want to cut. Or like, you know, what was their reaction? I never stopped talking about from the second I decided that, the, from the second I uh, had the hypothesis uh, all the way through. Drinking the piss, I, I tried to convert everyone. I tried to get other people on board. I tried to get this thing uh, bankrolled. I tried to get, uh, you know, I was like, we will be rich. Do you understand that we can just do meth, just take our piss, turn it back into meth, and sell it back to people? Uh, why are you guys wasting time stealing identities? I have found 
in the future yeah. and nobody will listen to me. By this <laughs> point, I'm years into uh, talking to aliens and shit, so my credibility wasn't the best. <laughs> Jessa, this is the best story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I, I swear to God. It's like I can see it because it's also like all you have to do is you have to get the meth. Yeah, yeah, and you, then it's like one then, bag uh, of meth lasts yeah, forever. It lasts forever. <laughs> forever. And where, where, just where, where were the RVs parked? Is this in Butte? This is in Butte, Montana. No, hold on. So that was at a gig. I was at a gig in Butte, Montana. Okay. And I do the I do the, the line of white, which does not mean coke in Montana. And then by the, because my mom was a tweaker when I was a kid. I swore I would never touch that shit. So by the time I get back to Portland, Oregon. I'm a tweaker. I'm just a full-blown tweaker. It's like a, like 18 hours later, I'm like, I found the secret to happiness, and it's crank. Who knew? Um, and that was it. Well, I already, like, hung out in, like, the after hours, like, speakeasy scene or whatever from comedy. And so I, I knew where to find more meth. And I quit comedy and just did meth. And so it was, it was towards the end of my addiction that I... That I the, the piss wasn't far from the bottom, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Wait, so hold on. <laughs> First of all, just a disclaimer to the Dopey Nation. You know, don't try this at home. But yeah, did you actually oh get high when you drank the meth piss? Oh, okay. I I got so high. It's not like a meth high, though. It's like if it's like a it's like a psychedelic high. Oh God! I'm also being poisoned by my own waste product. You know, I don't know what that was, but I. I got so high that I had like a transcendental experience and uh, for the remainder of my addiction I was mostly just addicted to my meth piss. Like I didn't even care. I stopped shooting up. I didn't even care about doing meth anymore. (laughs) It was just... You just needed to do meth to be able to pee it out and do it. Yeah. Jessa, this is the most remarkable thing. I'm just blown away and you have to tell people not to do this. Okay? (laughs) I have to say that you you might actually be our dream guest, and we had no idea where where have you been in the last two years. I mean, our show is about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit, and I don't know how anything could fit the bill more than this story. Um, But I have a question, though. Tell us about what the psychedelic experience of drinking the meth urine was like. How would you how would you Wait, be I, able to I will before she gets in that, I will say there's this guy, have you heard of Ram Das? He wrote a book called Be Here Now. Yeah. He always firmly maintained that methamphetamine, while it's a stimulant, it actually he called it a crude psychedelic and that for yeah. certain people they could actually use methamphetamine as a psychedelic. People like you? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Um, it never worked out. It just ended up me compulsively masturbating for seven hours at a time. But I, you know what, my experience with it was very different than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, it, it just, like I lost all my teeth by the time I was twenty three, and I like lost my family and everything else. Like that stuff was all similar. But I was having very much a kind of a, a, a an unmanageable psychedelic a five year long unmanageable psychedelic experience the entire time when I was on that. Holy shit. Now, did it stop when you stopped using or was it mental illness? <laughs> uh, well, so that, I get, I get, um, I, I have a, a podcast uh, that I, I get into a little bit of, is it, was this a spiritual experience or was this a, a um, meth-induced schizophrenia and yeah. I'm not really sure. Well, it's an, you know, there's the uh, amphetamine-induced psychotic disorder, which is actually like a, a DSM. It's a diagnosis, you know. It's like yeah. Maybe you had a five-year psychotic disorder. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I do know a couple people who who got that and never came back, you know. Yeah. Sure. Um, so so it, it sounds like, from what you said earlier, uh, that you did that, you know, that bit about this on Comedy Cellar. So it sounds like you can't go too much into it. Can are you able to tell the end with the the toothbrush thing or no? Uh, I think I'm. Not, yeah, I think I'm not allowed to tell the story for six months. Oh, okay. All right. I, I, um, I, I, I'm not allowed to have it recorded. But I think. But, but basically. 
Um, she, uh, the meth piss facilitated her bottom wherein she stopped. So maybe it's good for the dopey nation to hear this. So then they drink meth piss and then they stop. Yeah. I think, I think I just got to the point where I was, uh, when someone held a mirror up to me, I was like, yeah, I guess I can see how this is weird. (laughs) What was it? What was the psychedelic experience like though? like a year in and then was really kind of on this like uh, weird alien uh, uh, trip and um, I had been hearing a lot of voices I guess or like kind of going to this place in my dreams and stuff and when the first time I drank meth piss I went I describe it as the place in the matrix where they plug their heads in yeah getting plugged in yeah (laughs) yeah it was like I, I believed it to be at the time like our higher selves Right and um, you know it was, it was me and it was other people that I knew and I just like I left Earth and um, and then when I came back I just kind of was chasing that experience trying to get back to that specific place and I never did again I got high still from drinking my piss but I never I know I was like chasing a different kind of dragon was there a whole crew of you guys that drank piss together or just- no and here's the thing is that I was a little bit of a you know, um, at least that's the way I remember it. Because at what, when I first started shooting up, uh, you know, there's like there's this thing. Uh, there are there are levels to it, you know. So there's the people that snort it and then smoke it and then shoot it up. And when you're the smoker, you judge the people that shoot it up. And then once you shoot up, you realize that you were wasting a lot of time and money by smoking it. Anyway, I didn't want anyone to know that's what I was doing. And someone came over to see me, and there was like an orange cap on a table. Hmm. And just on the fly, I was like, oh, I've been keistering meth. And told them that that's what the syringe was for. And everyone started keistering meth. And so this is just a big group of people that all put meth in their butts from from years after that. And so I was really honestly surprised that I, nobody the meth piss didn't catch on. Well, she didn't tell them. Well, why didn't you want to tell them what you were she doing? Because you were embarrassed. She told them. Oh. No, no, I wasn't. No, no, I wasn't embarrassed for them to know I drank my piss. I was embarrassed about them knowing that I was shooting up when I first started shooting. Ah, up. I got you. Yeah. That's so funny. So you just told them you were keistering it, so they just did what you said to do. Yeah, I mean, I went to a whole tutorial that just came up on the fly. You know, I was like, oh, these syringes, I popped the top off and I put it in my butt. And they're like, oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, Turkey basting. Yeah. So, I, mean, I also didn't invent that, but in, yeah. in our little group of people, I, I pioneered. And had you, had you started doing comedy before you started uh, with meth or was it all at the same time? Um, I had been doing stand-up for about a year on the road. Hmm. And then I uh, got addicted to meth and then I took six years off to just do meth. <laughs> and then I wasn't going to do comedy after that because I thought I couldn't do it sober because I had never gotten on stage without, you know, a couple drinks. Yeah. Right. And, um, and then I, I got booked on a recovery convention and then I just did recovery comedy for years after that. Oh, right. Nice. You want to you want to give us some recovery shtick? Wait, wait, hold on. She has a story. She has another story. Oh, that tell, she us, can yeah. tell, tell us about the owl. But before, before, right. wait, 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 hold on. Before you tell us about the owl, where where did we see where did we see her meth story on? Oh, so so she, I guess you did something on Comedy Cellar, and then somebody emailed. It wasn't you? Comedy Cellar. It was no, Comedy, Comedy Central. Central. I'm sorry. And somebody. Uh, it's a Comedy Central storytelling show called uh, This Is Not Happening. And then, so you told that story on This Is Not Happening, and then they yeah. told you you can't retell the story for six months? Yeah, it just, it just dropped on uh, March 19th. It's a TV show. So whenever you do uh, like something, sometimes you sign over your whole rights to the material forever. Right. They don't have that. It's just for six months after they put it out, like it, that has to be the only place that that story is available. And just, just out of my own... You know, self-seeking curiosity. Your How quickly tendency. after the thing came out, right? Um, how quickly after the thing came out did people say you should tell Dopey the story? Um, I like my mailbox. It's still happening. My mailbox was getting filled up with uh, lots of sick places that people thought I should uh, be. Yeah. And um, and 
What was you want to plug your podcast? Yeah, what's no? your podcast called, Jess? Uh, my podcast is called Mormon and the Meth Head. Oh shit! I saw that. I looked that up because um, when you search for meth, uh, that's like the first thing that shows up, and then we show up. And um, my my girlfriend is an ex Mormon. She was a Mormon for a long time, and I was like, I should um, have her listen to that. So I've seen it. it's a picture of you and the Mormon guy. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. You guys just started recently, but it looks like it's picking up steam fast. Yeah, it's a, it's a little baby podcast. Um, it, uh, it's a comedian that I met at a comedy festival in 2014, and then we, we reconnected this year, and he had left Mormonism in the meantime, and we're comparing notes, and there's a lot of similarities between leaving Mormonism and quitting meth. Well, if you tell your tell your buddy if he wants, we had my girlfriend on, and she talked about leaving leaving the church, and then Dave endlessly berated her. But yeah, Dopey Nation, check out her podcast. I'm gonna check it out too. I saw you guys have like 30 episodes or so, right? No, we don't have like 11. Oh it's shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, check it out still. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So tell, tell, us tell us the, the owl, owl yeah, story. Tell us about the owl. All right, the owl randomly a dead owl on the pillow? Like this is my my spirit animal or something. Yeah, That's the one I exactly say that. You know it's so cliche, basic bitch. But like I was, uh, I was. So what is what does owl magic mean? What what does it mean if you see an owl? What's the what's the significance? Um, I, I couldn't even tell you now. I know it's really into when we're at the owl and the snake. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think it was wisdom of the esoteric. I don't. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm confused. 
Where was the pillow? The, she goes and takes goes to the bathroom. She leaves the bathroom and there's a pillow with an owl on it. And her buddy's yeah. in the parking lot. A and pillow she's, on the ground with a dead owl that is warm still, though. That is a fucking sign if I've ever heard one. Maybe, the owl, was bu- maybe the owl was <laughs> bugging somebody and they smothered it with the pillow to keep it quiet. It was so big. Yeah. It was so big. So I go walking up to the car and he is like, what? What is that? And I'm like, it's an owl. I don't know if it's dead. It's still pretty warm. Do owls like hibernate? We have to take it with us. And he was like, oh, no, no, we're not taking a maybe not dead owl with us in the car. And it's it's talons or whatever. It's little bird hands were the size of my hands. It was gigantic. Its wow. wingspan was probably the inside of the car. Were you drinking meth piss around this time or no? I wasn't on the meth piss yet. So I was shoot, uh, <laughs> shooting up in my neck still. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. And I'm like, I have to take it. Obviously, I did believe it was a sign, and it is my spirit animal, and I think I can bring it back to life. And he was like, you understand that if this owl wakes up and mauls us to our death, we're going to drive into a cliff. We have 20 pounds of weed in the back of this car. And I was like, no, no, I got to handle this. So I put the owl inside the pillowcase and tied it off, because that totally will keep the owl talons in. And I put it in the back seat. So then we drive back up the coast. Every time we hit a bump, he's turned around. And, you know, he's scared. We pull up to uh, a, a weed dealer's house who we're dropping half of the shit off to. And this was a dynamic we ran into a lot where, like, people who just wanted to smoke weed and sell weed had to deal with actual, legit drug addicts. Uh, like, like full-time criminals because that's where you get the hookup, you know? Yeah. And so this guy hated tweakers. You could tell he hated tweakers. He's like probably like 42. His, he lives in a nice house. He's got a, a man cave in his garage. And he's just a dork, right? Yeah. Just a dork. And here come the tweakers at 1 o'clock in the morning. And we're sitting on couches. And he's sitting uh, in the middle of the room between uh, Tom and I. And I smoke a little mess. And then I'm like, oh, I got to go get that. And I have no teeth. I'm gross. I don't even – he probably doesn't want me in his garage. I'm like, I got to go get the owl. And Tom is like, do not go get the owl. And then this guy, and then we're arguing about it, right? And I'm like, how am I ever going to bring it back to life if I don't give it any meth? Because that's, okay, so here's, my, I thought that if I gave it meth, I would bring it back to life. Because I, at the time, believed meth to be alien magic. Oh my god. It was just a substance that the aliens put on the planet to wake people up. And that if you used it in the correct application, you could do anything with it. Did you actually try to give the dead owl meth? I didn't try to give the dead owl meth because that would be crazy. But I did. Okay, so I grabbed the I, I go get the owl. The guy is like, is she talking about an actual owl? I go outside. I come back. I've got a pillowcase with an owl talon coming out of it. And I unwrap it. I put the owl down on the couch. I take a giant hit of meth. And, and she then shotguns I, it to the owl. I CPR it into the owl's mouth. No way. I was sure you were going to piss in the owl's mouth. I was sure <laughs> no, that was what was coming. I wasn't there yet. But you know this guy is still telling this story. Like there's zero percent chance that this guy doesn't tell the story every chance he gets. He just smokes some weed. He's having a weird night because now there is a tweaker. Trying to find, I'm like, like digging my fingers under the feathers, trying to find where to do chest compressions, and I'm just blowing multiple hits of meth smoke into this owl, and it's coming out its eyes and shit. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, and the owl wakes up and starts flying around. And... <laughs> it doesn't wake up, but it really like every time the smoke would come out of his eyes, I would like back up because I was like, this is it, this is the time. Oh my so long god. story short, uh, that was an awkward. Uh, I, I weakened with Bernie's this owl for like two weeks, and um, it never got old or gross. I think I just like embalmed it in mess smoke. <laughs> and I left it alone with Tom one day to uh, just like watch the owl. I'll be back. And I didn't put this together then. I put it together recently, the first time I told the story after a long time. But when I got back, he was like, "Hey, I actually ran into it." <laughs> I actually ran into an owl shaman, <laughs> and I traded your owl for some, uh, here's some uh, owl magic incense, and um, 
now I realize he like jacking the beanstalks me and uh, he chucks the owl in a dumpster because he was sick of watching me waste meth on it. But um, wait, wait, what did he give you for owl magic incense? Yeah. Oh, so I he mean, gave I you some, some incense at the fucking gas station. Non chapa or whatever. Some sopium, <laughs> sopium <laughs> I incense. Never questioned where he ran into an owl shaman. Uh, yeah. So That's I hilarious. got jacked for my dead owl. Basically. Jessa, anyway, Jessa, where, where's Tom now? What's Tom up to? Uh, he's doing great. He's doing great. I changed his name, which I'm not usually very good at, but um, Tom's doing Tom's doing good. I haven't had a chance to confront him uh, now that I realize that he lied to me about the owl. But that's hilarious. You have to confront him. I want to hear that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Once I realized it, he was on Facebook, so I got to go find him in person next time I'm in Portland. Jessa, how'd you get clean? I um I give like a a, a short. Uh, not completely correct version on the Comedy Central thing because I had to tighten that story up. It was 25 minutes. But mm. I had um, I had decided to move to the East Coast. I I tried to uh, steal someone's identity to get dentures, and my parents intervened, and they were like, we will pay for the dentures. Uh, please don't go to prison. And I had kind of like a deal with my dad that if I went, like they got half of them, the bottom half or the top half and then I go out and visit because I hadn't seen my family in five years they thought I was dead yeah and um and then anyway so I went out for that visit and kind of just realized he he was in recovery he had like seven years at the time and and when I was leaving that visit he said uh if you get home and things are kind of stale you have a place here and if he had said any other word I don't I don't think it would have planted a seed because I just lived in such like I'd already seen some shit and like lived so depraved and I'd already been homeless and I'd already done horrible things that I just didn't, if he would have said like, if you go home in desperation or any of those words, it wouldn't have registered. Yeah. But I got back and like my boyfriend was fucking some other chick and they stole my stuff and I got kicked out of my house, you know, and I was like, this is stale. Like I've done all of this. Yeah. And I, um, I decided to go back out there. Yeah. But I was like still going to do meth. Yeah. And uh, I was on the airplane, and I was just thinking, like, man, you're going to send money out there for meth, and you're going to get ripped off, and it's just never, it's always going to be exactly the same. And then I was just like, man, I'll just quit. And that was it. <laughs> and that was it. Wow. I yeah. love that, the, the, the just the language, the word stale, that that, like, I, yeah. I love that, yeah. Um, so you quit because and then, desperation doesn't do it. Well, like, desperation is just so watered down if you've been exposed to the rooms and stuff like that. So it's just like an authentic. I could see. Not to know, mention, Jess is traveling around with no teeth, yeah. a fucking dead yeah, owl. Yeah. She's trying to reincarnate. I don't think there's any kind of desperation beyond well, you never, that. It's it's just really you never fucking know. I knew a guy that literally the reason he got sober was because somebody remembered his name. He went to an AA meeting. Somebody was at the door. He went one meeting and then he left and then he came back the next day and he was walking by and the door greeter was standing there and he was everyone's all loud and he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to go back and do drugs. And the door greeter was like, hey, Will. And he was so fucking destitute and like so depressed and had such low self-esteem. Just the fact that that guy remembered his name, he said it made him want to cry. And then he went into the, to the meeting and never never drank or did drugs again but you never know just like it, I love hearing that where like a specific word or a specific thing was a turning point you know wow yeah I just had never um I was always doing what I wanted to be doing I didn't uh turn I didn't turn to drugs I felt like I was looking for I was disillusioned with life I was, mm. I was like there has to be more than this and in drugs in these specific drugs, I, I felt like I had found the more than this, hmm. and I was okay with everything that came with it, and I never felt like I was doing drugs against my will, and I never, when other people would, like, get super high and then go to detox, I would be like, you're wasting the drugs, I think you should quit, uh, I never wanted to stop, so if had he used any of that language with me when I felt like I was very much doing uh living a life that i was okay with because it was exciting or whatever and then he pointed out that it's not as exciting and it is as uh repetitive as i perceived everyday life to be just in a different way and it, it just it was just that slight shift in perspective that i was i was like oh this is lame this totally. is exact i'm not getting up and going to work every single day but i am living in a groundhog day of a of a different sort and um 
Oh, yeah, right. just it just kind of facilitated did, that. Yeah, I don't need to do this anymore. Did you now to maintain your sobriety? Did you have to do any sort of? I mean, were you a twelve step person? Did you do therapy? Did you just try to live right? Exercise? Was there anything you sort of did that helped you with the process? When I moved back, I moved uh, to Delaware to be with family. I had uh, crippling social anxiety from mm-hmm. getting clean, and I had lived so far out of society. I didn't feel comfortable with normal people um i didn't i i i got involved with na yeah and uh because it was uh i felt so comfortable with that community right and uh i the steps really resonated with me as far as just kind of a way to close this chapter of my life yeah and i stayed super involved in the program for years hmm and then um, I do a recovery show still. I don't go to meetings or anything. I still live uh, by the principles, I guess. I've ne- I've, I'm fortunate uh, to have never had the desire again. Yeah, right on, right on. Um, so I got, I got really lucky there. And you had your children after you got clean or beforehand? <clears throat> My oldest I had when I was... Uh, 17 so she was about four or five when i started using and because my mom was an addict when i was a kid i thought i was doing best by her by uh leaving her with other family right and i got her back when she was 14 awesome Um, i got clean when she was like 10 i had to work for a while to get her back um and then i had uh, uh my husband i met on the streets uh we just recently separated but we were uh together for uh, 13 years and and then we had two two small cool we got us an eight-year-old and a four-year-old right on and now where do you live i just moved to la in january and you're doing comedy and raising your children and stuff yep cool and, you're, and you don't go to meetings or anything uh-uh. i mean i do it once in a while especially if like i, I know someone that wants to get sober or whatever i'll get into going with them for a while i don't i just don't she Time practices those everything else. She practices the principles in all of her affairs, Dave. I'm sure not all of her affairs. I'm sure now and again she does. Yeah. <laughs> Jess, I think that's awesome, and I think you are like you're probably one of the best guests we ever had. You're yeah. the most oh, perfect you. perfect guest I've I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, if you have any words of wisdom for the Dopey Nation, or you got anything you know other than your podcast that you want to plug and have them check out, uh, now's the time. Uh, no, just the, the podcast is the big thing right now. I, we talk about our uh, the shows that we're doing and stuff uh, from there. Right on. Cool. Mormon in the meth head? Yeah. Right and uh, and you should definitely come on again with another story. Yeah. Your stories oh, are yeah. great. Loved yeah. it. So good. I have a million. I'm sure. Yeah. I have no retention of anything you I did. You forget. You can't even remember what you had for breakfast. Yeah, I can't remember anything. So yeah. the fact that, I mean... I can imagine, like, well, when the you owl went, story has resurfaced. I know, you, know? you forget <laughs> about the fact that you towed it around. How long do you think you towed the dead owl around for? It was almost two weeks. Yeah. Did it stink? It probably no, stunk. It was it preserved. Didn't. It was perfectly, and it, it never stopped being warm. It was really weird. So I would have an idea for if I ever get famous, like real famous, just having, I've always said, because there's about 50. 50 to 100 of us over the course of six years that all just kind of milled around in this community where it would just be funny to do a big round table um, where I reconnect with all these people and they just tell me stories of things that I did because as soon as they say it I'm like oh, how did I forget that you right know? yeah that would be a but, great remember when session yeah yeah it would be like the world's most uncomfortable roast for me but uh, uh, yeah because even the things like I vaguely remember the prison code I can't imagine that I was like Right on, Jessa. We really appreciate right. you coming on. But hold on, before she gets off, what I didn't understand that the suck the dick for the prison codes. What was that? Explain she that. She was me. psychotic. But what you need to know? <laughs> but what was it? it? The guy said what exactly? He said, uh, "Hey, I don't know if you remember me, but uh, last time I saw you, you told me that if I let you suck my dick, you would get the codes to let everyone out of prisons." And I do remember I had this kind of weird Pied Piper narrative going in my head where, uh, or not, um, not Pied Piper, who stole from the rich. And, and Robin Hood. It was, yeah. And so I was here to, uh, to lead all of 
of the felons to some heightened state of enlightenment. <laughs> and um, I do think I connected that to sucking dicks at some point. But like, I just, I like I said, I think maybe he heard me wrong. It sounds like the wires got crossed slightly. <laughs> but I did at one point believe that I would be magic enough to set everyone free from prison. Which, what? in hindsight, doesn't sound like a great. No. Way to use magic. No. Probably <laughs> not. It's, it's funny, actually. We have uh, right now a, a former um, uh, guest from Dopey who is in, he's in and out of manic states and, and stuff like that. And this is literally like a week ago. He was, um, the police were called. He was naked outside of his apartment. And the police were taking him, um, the police called an ambulance and they started taking him to the psych ward. And while he was in the ambulance, and this, this man is straight, he started receiving code that told him if he seduced the paramedics, which were guys, that it would undo what was happening. So he started hitting on all the paramedics to try to get out of there. So maybe it's like some sort of common um, sort of psychosis. Psych- <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. Some seductive psychosis. Yeah. Or it's common magic. I common don't know. We magic. Don't have to, like, yeah. label it right now. We don't have to know for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Jess. This was awesome. Thank you. This is a blast. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye. Wow. Guest, huh? Was the guy amazing? I'm just very stupid here. Yeah. Was was the guy just trying to scam a blowjob? No, I think she really. Did. I think she. I mean, maybe like she said, the, the wires were crossed, so it was misinterpreted or something. But I mean, we had the story of the gay people, remember? And the guy shot meth. And he is, his boyfriend was there, and he was going to jump off the, the balcony, and he said he was going to kill himself unless his boyfriend let him suck his dick. Don't you remember that? Yeah. Old yeah. school. It was old school dopey, like in the you know, early episodes. Yes, that does sound familiar. Yeah. Well, that, the whole thing with the warm aloe and the... Matt, that's great. I mean, really I, this is really the point of Dopey right here. <laughs> yeah. This is it. And we don't get and enough... she's fucking sober. You know, she's clean. Oh, we didn't ask her how long she's clean. So she's got she a while. I think she said it in her comedy uh, central thing. I want to say like 10 years or something like that. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing story. Yeah. Where are we at? We're at 46. All right. We I'm got a... guests calling in, but we should close this out, right? Gotta close it out. Should I play another little voice memo? Yeah, I got, got one right here. You got one to go? Yeah, Rip born and ready to ride? Yeah, whatever you say, man. Yeah. Hold on. All right, Playboys. <clears throat> it's Corey Rose. Uh, oh, scratch that. Well, hey, fuck it. I don't care. Corey from uh, Mount Vernon, Washington, Pacific Northwest. Um, we got drugs out here, too, out by Seattle. Um, heroin is an epidemic. But uh, I'm going to hit you guys with some dopey real quick, all right? Um, how about... Uh, Tell you about the first time, not the first time I shot meth, but, uh, you know, I'd always, I fucking hated tweakers, man. I always hated tweakers for the first eight out of the 10 years. I was using dope. Tell you what, man, when, when, you know, when heroin came back in my life for the second time, um, you know, second hard time shooting again, uh, she brought a little friend named meth and, and meth little friend named scratch tickets. And that will fuck your life up real quick. The progression of the disease, uh, accelerated it was very progressive with that shit but anyways i always hated fucking meth right and so you know i'm I'm all fucking shooting dope i'm trying to go to work working at a shipyard long ass hours and so what do i do you know i start doing meth you know keep me up a little bit start doing goofballs you know what i'm saying and so i would always do very measured shots you know little bits and just a little bit i was scared of it you know i just didn't want to fucking you know lose my mind and stuff have a psychosis and shit and so uh you know this is near the it's about a year ago near the end of my using days i only got like 100 days or something but uh anyways um i'm letting uh i'm hanging out at my house got getting evicted um finally got my ex-girlfriend to get the fuck out of there after she sold all my shit and um so i'm with uh i'm with booster mike all right i'm calling booster mike because he boosts shit right that's what fucking wannabe gangsters call that shit out here um so it's funny story my roommate now mike rogers who I, I never liked in my using days. He's coming at me with a bat last time I saw him. But he's my roommate now. He's in drug court, and he's like my best friend. He was in jail with Booster Mike, and Booster was his uh, his sponsor. So had some shits and giggles when I found that out. But anyways, okay, Booster Mike, he's a great guy. He steals the shit all the time. Anyways, uh, he 
uh, cooks it up, cooks up the heroin and puts in the meth and everything, you know, and I trust him. I look at it, you know, it was like 40 cc's real dark. I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks booster. So I put, I, you know, I put it in my arm and, uh, shoot up and, um, uh, my fucking, uh, he said my eyes just went, Whoosh. I don't know how much meth this cocksucker put in there. Cause he was fine. He was just like, Oh, everyday thing. I don't know how much, but it was way too much, way more than I had ever done. So instantly hits me. And I just, I just start, you know, it must be paranoia or what? I don't know what's going on. I think the DEA is after me or whatever. I see all these Subarus, or not Subarus, Suburbans, black Suburbans drive around. And I just instantly, I'm like, get down on the ground, motherfucker. And, uh, we get down on the ground. And I make them army crawl. I'm like, you go in front of me. I make them army crawl through my kitchen, through the dining room, into my room. And I'm like, all right, hold on, hold on. And I fucking kick out my window and I make them jump out my window. I'm like, go meet me at the movie theater booster. And, uh, he runs. He jumps out, runs over to the to the movie theater. He's like, "What the fuck?" And uh, he's he's scared. I'm fucking scared. And uh, I just vaguely remember him waving as I'm running, sprinting past him. Uh, he's at the movie theater, like a block away, and I'm just fucking boom. I'm gone like the wind, and I literally just run fucking for like three hours i remember stopping by a couple coffee shops like hey can i get can i get some water please blah, blah, blah. get some water i'm just out here for a jog and i'm just i think the cops are chasing me i think somebody's chasing me I feel the feds are coming after me task force something and every i'm just keep running and then i slow down and i'm like oh, okay nobody and then i see a car and i'm just like oh god it's coming and i just keep running i end up actually hiding behind this hotel and uh I go in this like fucking trailer shed thing, bunch of tools and stuff in it, and I'm like up, up above them and like hidden in this corner. And then uh, these four Mexican cats are working, they're come inside, and I'm like, oh shit! And I so I run out, and then they start chasing me like, hey, where are you going? And I'm like, oh dude, uh, I, was, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm hiding from somebody, a big, big buff bald guy. And they're like, why? And I'm like, oh, I, I fucked his sister, and uh, I gotta go. They're like, no, why don't you come back here, man? And they're on the phone. I'm like, oh fuck, I call the cops. So then, boom, I'm off for like another hour, just running, and finally. Uh, somehow I, I got the police scanner on my fucking phone and I'm listening to that running around town still just fucking diving, ducking, dipping, dip dodging, all that good shit. And, um, I end up going to the Jack in the box, locking the door in the bathroom and holding myself up in there. And I call my friend Elise and, uh, she comes and picks me up and I get in the car and she's got her kids in the back and I'm just like all flailed out like, Oh shit, no, no, there's a cop. Blah, 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 blah. And she, she brings me back to her apartment, take a shower, calm the fuck down. And, uh, I think she gave me some benzos. I think that's what happened. So I calmed down a little bit. But fuck, man. I uh, I ended up fucking up my knee really bad. I ended up tearing my meniscus while I'm running like an idiot. Just fucking and nobody's chasing me for three hours. And, uh, you know, the next three days was kind of a blur. I remember being at the casino, winning 400 bucks, and then uh, losing 400 bucks like an hour later. And, uh, uh, you know, Think of the swin the tribal police uh are after me hiding in some woods for a while and then finally getting home and, and doing a shot of dope and and passing out and then you know i said i'd never shoot meth again but uh well you know we always say we won't do this and then you know next thing we do, next thing we know we're doing it um never never quite had a psychosis like like that one um not a lot of people come back from that i feel like so i'm pretty i'm pretty lucky I probably sound pretty animated, animated right now. I'm getting all sweaty just talking about it, man. I'm losing my breath. Wow. Need to calm the fuck down. But anyways, um, that was my experience shooting uh meth, like a, like the uh, the first decent amount. But uh, anyways, have a good one, guys. Toodles. All right. What are you trying to tell me? I'm trying to get the ad ready. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, you do the ad. No, we'll do it in a second. I want to comment on this thing you just played. Yeah, First comments. of all, uh, m- multiple meth shooting tweakers, and in the neck too, I might add. Um, you have to explain to me what that was about. He's running. <laughs> you, you got nothing. You can't explain that to me. No. <laughs> he was he was running. There's three from this guy. Yeah. Is that the first one or the last one? That's the first one. That's the first one. Okay. They get better and worse. What do you mean by worse? Well, in the last, well, I'm watching, it's a serial from yeah, Corey. We'll get people ready. Corey has a kid, and Corey managed to get a bunch of time together, but Corey wound up relapsing recently. Like yeah, this he had 100 week. days when he did that one. 
Yeah. He got to five, 150 days or so. Yeah. And then he relapsed. And, um... Then he recorded something for us? Yeah. While he was high? The next day. Oh, okay. So after he was high. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that was a story of... He thought he was speedballing with meth and dope. Goofballing? Yeah, I don't know. Have you ever done a goofball? Yeah. Are you you kidding me? Yeah. That was my thing. meth and dope together? Yeah. I just called it speedballing. You didn't separate them? No. In fact, I I was living with Todd. What is it like? Because it's like when you speedball, you get the coke and you don't really feel the dope as much. And then you feel the dope. Goofball, it's like two things at once. The whole time. I would assume. I don't know. My whole thing with it was... Because when I was living with Todd... He was on meth. You yeah. know, Todd was on meth big time. Yeah. And and I like to shoot dope, yeah. and I figured this would be my opportunity to shoot meth. Yeah. So first I shot meth, and I went, you know, I went insane. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I don't really like that. Yeah. And then I was like, but maybe this could be like a, a poor man's speedball. I didn't know about the phrase goofballing. Yeah. So I would... I would I would buy sh- I had a lot of money at the time yeah. and I would buy tons of dope. Yeah. So what I would do is I would put my thing would be a one to three meth to dope ratio. Yeah. So I'd put a little bit of meth in and then see I'd I would put, have been three to one. I, well, so then I put in the three the three the dope and then I would shoot it and the meth would have me crazy and then I'd be like fuck it and I'd put the rest of the dope in the spoon <laughs> and just get I'd just I'd bury like, it. I gotta undo this. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Every time I was like. It was every time I did meth, it was just an excuse to do more pills and dope. Like I the meth just did not sit well with me. Uh, and I remember we, we lived in um in North Hollywood in this big, really nice house. Yeah. Todd had this pit bull that would just tear up the yard. We didn't plant anything. And uh I got so broke uh that I decided I didn't want to pay rent anymore, so they let me move into the garage. Yeah. And I lived in that garage. It was like a hundred and ten degrees. Yeah. And I just shot meth and heroin in their garage, sweating. And then when I was like when I couldn't sleep, I would just like shoot paquetes, you know, those like uh, like twenty yeah, yeah, yeah. Tw- like a big balloon full of yeah, twenty yeah, balloons. Yeah. I'd just shoot the whole thing to sleep and I would sleep Wait, ten now, hours. When you shot meth, we was that better than shooting Coke? Or is it similar to you and how neurotic you would get? It was worse. It was it was really? terrible. Because yeah, I would shoot coke and it was crippling paranoia, and I and I, I all that was my main thing. But I'd shoot meth and it was paranoid, but it wasn't as like uncomfortable. To be like a, totally it was truthful, like paranoia with like legs, and it was more like I don't know manageable. It wasn't as like I didn't feel like I was going to die and the cops were going to get me right away. I felt like I needed to evade the cops. I never had paranoia like you did, but I also wouldn't sit with the feeling long enough to really explore it or understand it. You would just try to get rid of it. Whenever I did any up, I, like, was so voracious to get down, like... Yeah. It was, like, a minute. It was, like... I can't even tell you how many times all I had was tons of coke, and I just had to suffer through it. Or but it wasn't suffering for you. You It was, like, the weird... Well, I would keep running it back, and I'd do more and more. But then I would try to drink it away, and trying to drink hard liquor... When you're shooting coke, it's really hard. Ugh. Just getting it in your belly. It's just nauseating. Just, like, just the idea. <laughs> it's just all of it. I'm so clean. Besides this Nyquil incident aside, yeah. like just all of this stuff. It's kind of like I feel like a prude. It's like hard for me to stomach it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like uh, it's like I'm watching Mad Men right now, and they're just drinking the whole time, yeah, and I'm just like, Ugh. but um. I have to say, like, that story where he's dashing and running and dipping and dying. Yeah. It's like, you hear him, he's getting crazy on the, yeah, on the thing. Yeah, he's, he's getting in a state just telling it. I am feeling very, very grateful that we have our seats here and we're so you're safe. Sober. You know what would be great? What? Some sort of tool, some sort of electronic tool. That kept track of our sobriety? Yeah. You is know, there such a thing exists? There is such a thing, and, and by some... By thanks to dopey intern number two, yeah. Tim Babo. Tim Babo. Wait, bro, you just say his name? Why not? His last name. Why not? Is he alright with that? Why not? He's an intern. Alright. We're just getting college we credit for this. We don't even say our names. Doesn't matter. Tim's different though. Alright, let's Tim's not an addict. Okay, keep going though. Tim got us an ad with, um, whatchamacallit? I Am Sober app. Yeah. Check it out, Dopey Nation. Um, the I Am Sober app is this amazing app for your phone. You can get it at the App Store. Keeps track of your sober time. It also, doesn't it calculate? 
How, how much money you've saved by I, being sober? To be honest, I don't believe it can really do that. Personally, I don't believe that. Well, I mean, I'm I think sure that's some a cl- sort of metric that you you know you probably input sort of. You like <laughs> using words that you don't know. You can't keep track. Isn't there some didactic you can you can plug in for that? Uh, Did you like that amphetamine induced psychotic disorder? I think it's actually stimulant induced psychotic. I don't even disorder. know what you're talking about. What are you talking about <laughs> with Jessa? No, I no, I can't Going keep up the DSM. Yeah, I, I cannot keep track of your incredible. Do you know what the DSM is? You know the DSM is right. I don't know. What Do it you is. know the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist? Yes, <laughs> I, I know that you can't even pr- you pronounce psychologist like a Canadian psychologist. <laughs> That's how us future psychologists pronounce it. I don't think so. I, I don't have the fucking ad information. I don't have the talking. I points. think you covered. You That's it. Yeah. Well, and, and then there's all sorts of other things, other features that you're gonna have to download. Number to one, find those I features. don't believe. Yeah. That it can properly calculate how much money you save. However, I do believe that if we have I Am Sober apps, you can make somebody else feel bad because they have less clean time than you. You're like, look at this, Charlie. <laughs> That's the way you would use it. Yeah, I would use it to make other people feel bad about you how they have less clean time. Does that make me narcissistic? <laughs> um, how much money you saved, being able... How about this? Being able to track your sober time for multiple habits, like like yeah. sugar. Masturbation. Like masturbation. How much time do you have off sugar? Two days. Such a pussy. Two fucking... And it's off sugar, meaning off, like, desserts. And how many days do you have off masturbation? Um, when's the last time? It's been, like, a week. I mean, I live with somebody. It gets taken care of in other ways. We're still at that, we're still at that phase where that's happening. Um... What else? How about you? You want to answer that? What else you does want it to do? Turn that around? <laughs> Dave's over there smiling because he knows I'm going to ask. Um, let's see. How many hours off of it are you? One. <laughs> I masturbated when we were recording the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> kidding me? Yeah. Um, I masturbated to Jess's owl story. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's all we got for the I Am Sober app. But Beautiful. I'm going to download the I Am Sober so app because I, I want to see that shit. Yeah. I want to see it. I'm going to download it and I'm going to post it. On Instagram. That's great. Yeah. That's and great. Uh, Dopey Nation, if you don't mind, could you uh, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Reddit, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and write us a review on iTunes? You're not asking with any conviction. We need you to write reviews on iTunes just to make Omar. More reviews than home. No. Home. No, but I just like to rub Omar's face in it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard his voice when he came on recently. I know. I loved that he cared. Yeah. yeah. Um, home. I don't even know what that is. It's like we got to keep the Mormon and the meth head at bay because they're going to be nipping at our they're heels. They're going to take over, man. Fucking. We gave them a church and other drugs. They're they're like not crazy for reviews the way we are. Yeah. Um, it's home, man. That recovery elevator, man. We have fucking three times the reviews they have, but they're always ahead of us in the top two hundred self help podcasts. Kiss and moan about getting reviews nonstop. There's something those guys that were... And then, do you see this on Facebook? The people in the share group? They're like, I need a podcast to listen to. Somebody wrote Dopey. One person. And then it got like three or four comments that seconded it. They did? Seconded that emotion. What did you say? Isn't that a song? I second that emotion. Do you know it? I second that emotion. Do you know it? Yeah. Sing it. I second that emotion. It goes, maybe you feel like... Fuck. Oh, God. If you feel like loving me, if you've got the notion, huh? (laughs) Keep going. Maybe you think that love will never call, but a taste of honey's worse than none at all. Oh, little boy, in that case I don't want nobody. I do believe that that would only break my heart. Oh, and if you feel like love it, why aren't you stopping me? Yeah, I'll keep going. If you've got the notion, second that emotion. <laughs> All right, let's. We gotta wrap this up. We got people. Stay waiting strong, Dopey Nation, and Toodle. And thank you, Jessa Reed, amazing thank you, guest. Jessa and thank you, Corey. Thank and we're gonna you, play. And uh, sorry, uh, Neva. We were supposed to play Neva's thing. We still got around. I don't know what that is. Uh, we put the, the call I mean there's all these voicemails we haven't played and if we haven't played yours we're sorry and reach out to us so we get back to it and never did that and we I promised her we would and we still never have. never 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 <laughs> alright uh, toodles I wanna take a walk around the world 
I wonder would it do me any good Until I get some money in my pocket Then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood But I want to be good so bad I want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And I want to take a ride up in the sky Watch this airplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And my shadow's getting smaller and smaller And it's time to where I stand Shadow's getting smaller and smaller And it's time to where I stand they pay it any mind when I leave this busted city far behind I'll take the high road however far it winds because peace and love are very 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 hard to find and I wanna be good so bad wanna be good so bad so bad I wanna be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had And these suckers make me mad And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had 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 And these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had